together um, also called DB um, it's the bus bodies um, please until we get off our next stop which is about an hour drive to our uh, to Caesarea and we will talk about what happened there I want everyone on the bus to find at least one let's do two okay two persons two people that are not your best friends or someone you know before group of three and you're gonna be your bus bodies, which means, see if your bus buddy is over here, eye contact, and we know that this person here. Why am I telling you not your best friend? Because usually you're going to hang around together, and if both of you are missing, so no one will be in here to shout, bus buddy is missing, and we're going to miss, and we sometimes keep counting, we're just trusting on your call, making sure no one is missing, okay? So until we get to our next stop, bus buddies, BBs, okay? Bueno, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was a lovely introduction by the iconic and legendary tour guide that I would highly recommend in Israel. His name, Yoav. Now, you know what's interesting that he said the B&B approach, right? The bus buddy. And it's very interesting because I will say that my bus buddy, it was Greg. And it was someone else that I would like to talk about a little bit later. But I thought it was really cool that Yoav kind of gave us that little introduction of kind of how everything is being b Let me tell you, being Puerto Rican, but I think more important, being Latino, Latinx, right, in Los Angeles, California, I think what's really cool is understanding that we also have a BB. And I want to give a shout out to all my Latino people, la gente ahí. We know that that B&B is bonito y barato right so we so as you guys know bonito y barato is that it's very cheap and it's pretty but i think it's one of the coolest b&b's that we have so uh want to just say uh hey why don't we just slow it down and let the beat drop Pasión Podcast, Cultura, Faith, Conexiones. And I hope you guys are excited because as always, we love to be able to welcome you to your dose of that cultura, of that faith and conexiones that fuels pasión in all that you do every day. My name is Noanel Boricua, and I am your host for this new episode that I'm very excited to share with you guys, which is around people. And I think that Again, in this series of talking about cultura 
in Israel. It's a lot to unpack, and and I don't want to take away from my history buffs and also my theologians and and faith-based leaders that are out there that are listening. But I also want to be able to unpack some of the just just some of the like the the basic one hundred and one, right? And really, it's about just human beings, right? It's about men and women and elders and kids walking among the streets of Israel. And to be able to have that opportunity that in today's episode that I really want to focus on is really understanding the power of people. And when I say people, I mean a movement. I mean, you know, a, a true culture within this nation of Israel that was very unique to see. And I think one of the biggest things, and I've said this in one of our earlier uh, episodes, is understanding Que la gente, the people, are truly humble, amazing, and they just have un gran corazón. They have a really big heart. Again, uh, you know, in contrary to what we see on the media, it's interesting as we go into this episode today is understanding the beauty of its people, God's people, right? Because the Bible tells us, for those that know, that Israel is God's children, right? And I think what's cool is that they're such diverse. But what's interesting as we try to dive into this is understanding that it's not just that, though, because as I'll share a couple clips later on in the show, it's really kind of understanding that now it's almost a melting pot specifically to Tel Aviv uh, in Israel, which that to me alone, and we'll share some images on Instagram for that, that you guys can really see the beauty and really just the, the, the side of just mankind, not just from a faith base, but even pushing themselves to be able to just just be ahead of the game, like the technology, uh, the arts. Like there was, there was a moment that we had, this graffiti tour that was unreal. But again, I want to unpack that later in this episode. So I, I want you guys to think about this. Yoav was telling us that there's always the B&B, right? And, and I think for me, when I think about Bonito y Barato, right? But I also think about bus buddies. I think about friends. I think about the people that you get to meet. And I think it's interesting because I had the opportunity when we were on the Sea of Galilea, we had the chance to be able to go on this boat. So just picture this, right? This is the famous sea where Jesus walked on it. In the Bible, it tells us in the New Testament, the storm hit. Uh, Jesus' disciples are like, yo, what's going on? And Jesus is, you know, taking his nap. He's asleep. And all of a sudden, they go and wake him up, right? I'm just paraphrasing the story because I know we ain't got that much time. And I respect each and every one of you guys because we got a lot of show today. And it's crazy because here comes Jesus and the Bible tells us that he calms the storm and he questions the disciples. So that's kind of like the picture, right? I, I, I also think about Peter walking on water. I also just think about a group of men from all over the nation of America coming together and having the chance to sit in a boat and go across to our location that we were going to go to that night to have our dinner. It was in that moment that my bus buddy, Greg, from Milwaukee, who is actually the chaplain of the Milwaukee Bucks, which, I mean, I love you, bro, but it's Lakers all day. And it was very interesting that it was in this conversation that we got a chance to get to know each other, you know, simple conversation like, what's your name? Where are you from? What's your background? What do you do? 
which I think is really cool because as I had the chance to be able to go in Israel and even with the street vendors or in a restaurant with a waiter, waitress, it was cool to be able to just, even the receptionist at each of our hotels, <clears throat> again, just give a shout out to Israel Collective. It was unique that as we were going through this journey through Israel, which I highly recommend, we were hitting all these spots. And I think about the simplicity of just being kind. And I think that's my first thing that I want to focus is that Greg, my bus buddy, number one, was truly, truly just a kind dude, man, just down to earth, real humble. And I really appreciated him because of the fact that, you know, this being uh, really a lot of faith-based leaders, you know, having the chance in a moment where we got to hear Alexander be honest, give a spoken word at the front bow of the boat on the Sea of Galilee. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys. It was just unreal to know that I was there. And there was a moment where we had the opportunity to have, uh, you know, Sam, Sammy, one of our pastor, uh, Pastor Sammy Lopez to, you know, really tell us to break out into groups. And it was interesting because I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that God speaks to us as we speak to him. And it was so cool to have Greg pray for me. And when I tell you this dude was kind, it, it that that's not enough in, in what I want to speak to, man. I think when we think about people, you, you guys ever, like, known someone or you met somebody off the cuff that you're just like, yo, man, we just connect for some reason. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's just something that that this person, that, like, we click. Like, you a real one. Y la verdad, you know, to be honest, when Greg was sharing, like, he said some things to me where... It really impacted me. And mind you, this podcast is actually a byproduct of what was spoken to me by Greg. Mind you, barely met him for less than 24 hours. But like Yoav said, we had to find a bus buddy that wasn't a best friend. You know, the funny thing is that he ended up being a really good friend. So I want us to think about that, right? That whenever you make a connection with people or a person in particular, there's power in that. And I think that we should be observant. But I also want to talk about my other uh, B&B bus buddy. And this guy, I mean, truly uh, an amazing creative. But, tú sabes, uno, uno tiene que, bueno, reconocer. You know, somebody has to, like, kind of recognize as you get excited to meet so many new people. And um, I just can't wait to share about this. So, uh Sit back, take a listen to this nice, nice beat brought to you to the bake from the bakery, and more on that to come. But uh, enjoy this as I get ready to talk about my next uh, bus buddy here on Fuel Bus. What is up, Greg? How are you, man? My brother. I'm good, bro. How are you? I'm doing amazing, man. How are you now? If I'm correct, you are no longer in Milwaukee. You're officially in Atlanta. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, we're in that process, bro. So um, we'll, we'll officially be here by the 1st of September. So right now, I'm just kind of back and forth every week. I try to be here Monday through Thursday, be at home with the fam. And so, so yeah, brother, we, we're transitioning, but it's all good, man. We're excited. I am very, very excited, ladies and gentlemen, to be able to have uh, not just a guest, but really a good friend, 
a uh, visionary, a dreamer, someone that really just understands leadership and not only that, but be able to lead people to God. And, uh, and, and, and I will say this, although I am not a fan that he was a chaplain of the Milwaukee Bucks, <laughs> as a longtime Laker fan, I respect it though, man. I, I have to say when, I, I have to say, Sino, before we go deep into this interview for our audience, when we first met, I just remember oh. my man, my man was decked out head to toe in Milwaukee Bucks gear. And this was prior, if I'm correct, before you became the chaplain of the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Yeah, man. It was, it was prior, bro. It's, uh, yeah, I just had a good friend and he hooked me up and I was like, man, that's my squad. So I had to rep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, for those that don't know you, uh, can you just introduce yourself real quick? For sure. Yep. My name is Greg Washington. Um, I am now on staff at Trinity Church. I oversee our next gen department. Um, we also have a Christian school uh, connected to our church. So I do also teach a few Bible classes at the high school. And so that is recent. But prior to that, man, we spent about eight years uh, in Milwaukee where we youth pastored and associate pastor, you know, I've also traveled quite a bit speaking at youth events and leadership development um, conferences and such. And so, so yeah, I've been married for eight years to my beautiful bride, Tiffany. Um, we don't have any children yet. And so, like I said, we're just in this process where we knew kind of during this pandemic that God was shifting and stirring. And in my mind, I'm like, God, this is not the time. <laughs> but we knew it and we felt it. And so um, we've recently, again, accepted this position. So we're just kind of in that process now of packing up our life and moving from Milwaukee to Atlanta. So, but my boy, no one asked me to, to connect and I'm like, dude, he's one of my favorite people. So I got to do it. Oh man, you are too calm, bro. I, I kid you not, Greg. <laughs> well, <laughs> one, we're really excited for you, man. And personally for me, uh, when I did see the news, it really got me excited to know that, one, you continue to answer to the calling of what God has given you as far as purpose, right? And yeah. for me, it's it's great to be able to see you um, to serve the community, right, from a faith-based perspective, and not just the church, but really the community as a whole and, and, yeah. and even professional athletes, right? And I think yeah. that for many people, you know, we, we tend to put uh, a lot of times many pastors in a box, but you are the second person that I know of that has been a chaplain for a professional organization. The other one would be Kevin Nickerson. He is the chaplain of the Los Angeles Rams, which is another good friend of mine. So I think for me, it's a blessing when I see people thinking outside the box to be able oh, to yeah. really just to love athletes because they struggle as well, right? And, uh, you know, it, it's it's big things, you know? It's a mission field, man. And and that's, that's what I think people don't think about. Once we step out of the fan perspective and you think about it man these are young men you know albeit sometimes a rookie can be 19 years old that's a millionaire over overnight you know you think of the frontal lobe of the brain isn't even fully developed to around 24 25 which means that's the space where they can make rational decisions mm -hmm. so you put millions into a 19 years old hands and he's got everything coming at him you know they are looking for solid ground they're looking for peace because once they step outside that off that court you know, they deal with life. And, you know, so I try to really protect that space. You know, for me, I try to be a safe haven for those guys. You know, I'm not doing it to just post a picture with you. Um, that is a real space and an opportunity um, because I look at it too, as well as these are influencers, man. 
And so we get them, you know, discipled and on fire for the gospel. Man, how much more of the kingdom could we forge? So, yeah, bro, it's it's a uh, it's definitely intense. But, man, you know, it's always been it's, it's for me, it's almost like a forgotten group of people. You know what I mean? So, no, 100 yeah. percent. I can only imagine, you know. All, all of that process, which kind of leads me to this, because there's some really good sound bites that you've already given, uh, you know, just in the beginning of this interview. And, and I think like going back, you know, we, we meet in New York. We have a chance mm-hmm. to kind of like briefly, you know, uh, I guess you could say it's a casual uh, introduction of meeting. And it was so many of us. Right. So it was kind of like oh, yeah. everybody gave so many different stories or background testimony. Yeah. We we land in Israel uh, and I, I want to know for you overall. Right. Like, how would you mm. characterize the trip to Israel? Whew, bro, that trip, honestly, bro, was the, was the Shekinah glory. It was it was the it was the tangible presence of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we felt it. You know, we felt his presence. We, we, we felt him close. It was transformational, man. It was sweet. It was healing. Man, uh, for me, bro, it was it was life changing, bro. Honestly, seriously. And, and, and I, I mean, I I totally agree, man. I mean, I think I still look back at videos and photos, and I'm just oh. like, how, how, how yes. was I there, right? Like when when you right. think about a lot of us uh, people of color, when we think about our background and the, right. the neighborhoods, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, yo, yeah. how am I here right now? Like, seriously, how how is a you know, a Latino, you know, a black man, like, you know, thousands, I mean, thousands of miles away from the neighborhood, from their family, uh, from their people, and to be able to bask, you know, uh, with God's people, you know, and, 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 you know, thinking about like the presence and all that, I, I also want to segue, like, when you think about the cultura, the culture of the people, like, remember when we were walking through the markets and yeah. seeking food and all that, like, what yeah. what were some things that came to mind, like, as you were looking back, you know, as we know, first and foremost, the, you know, the, the land of God and to be able to be in the presence and shout out to Israel Collective. Yeah, seriously. Because they were they were, I mean, amazing hosts to be able to take us on this amazing journey to understand, you know, the faith, the, the spiritual side. Right. But also yeah. understand the political and and then the agriculture, the innovation uh, of the land. So. For you, what what was it like to like to be able to walk among the 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 markets, to be able to walk along the different landmarks and the sights and sounds of the people? Like what what comes to mind as you look back and reflecting on it that you were just kind of like pretty taken aback by it? Yeah, bro. Um, I think for me, man, it, uh, I was like, man, this is not everything the media portrays it to be. You know what I mean? You think of the Middle East, you think of war, you think of terrorism and all that other craziness. Um, but I mean, that was, they were a very welcoming people, you know, for me. Uh, I thought that was great. There's a crazy thing that happened to me because, you know, when we went, bro, we went during Holy Week, right? A crazy time to go to Israel. And and so we were on we were on a plane flying out of New York and there were, you know, um, Jewish people um, flying from New York um, as well to israel and i was on the plane with a jewish lady and i'll never forget like um man that was a long flight but we were about to land and she kind of grabbed my arm right and she was like we made it i said yeah i'm thinking like oh yeah we're landing right she's like yeah we made it <laughs> and she was like she's like yes we're we're home i said oh no i'm i'm from the united states 
and she kind of like grabbed me and she said, we're home, bro. And then oh, wow. in that moment, something shifted. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, wow, we're home. Literally, we're, we're, we're in the holy land. You know, we're, we're, we're in the place where literally the one who is the way, the one we serve, the space and place where he walked, you know. And so being there, bro, from that moment to me, I was just, uh, I tried to be a conduit, you know. We're always in capacities where we're leading and talking. I just tried to shut up and soak. And so from that moment on, bro, it was just thinking about how everything we've ever read, how that actually happened. And then when you see some of the landmarks and you're like, oh, my goodness, mm. right? Like we think of, you know, the entrance to the temple, right? And we yeah. said, okay, he would have came down a steep hill. And I'm like, what? And he's in a he's on a donkey that has never been ridden or broken, a cult. Like I was like, wow, Jesus was the man, right? Like we see when you see those landmarks and when you're walking there, it just brings the Bible uh, to life <clears throat> for you. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing, bro, is there's so many there's so many like, um, what do you want to call it? There's so so many misconceived you know, perspectives about what that looks like. But for me, it just broke all of that. And, and I think it's interesting because I love the way that you say a conduit, because I think for me that that was something that stood out as well, that it wasn't, you know, when we were at the Golan Heights, it wasn't mm-hmm. like, I, w- I was just like, yo, like, where are the rockets or the bombs? And, you know, mm-hmm. um, where was the fear? Because yeah. to your point, it was Holy yeah. Week. And, Right. I remember hearing all the mosque and hearing the Muslims prayer. And I'm like, yo, how are all these Jewish people okay with Muslims? But yet there's so many Catholics visiting, so many Christians and so many people. I remember when we were in, um, in uh, oh my God, what city were we in? Where I remember we, I, it looked like it was like uh, Hindus, you know, and mm. hearing all these different languages and hearing. I was just like, yo, there's literally people from all around the world. But I, you know, I think for me. I have to agree with Greg that the people, they're just so cool. They're amazing. They're down to earth. And really, when you think about it, Israel as a nation is really a young society known with these ancient roots and such a widely diverse population, which they say it's around 8 million citizens from so many religious, ethnic, cultural, and social backgrounds. As I read once in an article, it's really a mosaic of people living together and contributing to a very vibrant, vibrant uh, nation. And I appreciate Greg and that observation of the people. But let's, uh, let's get back more to the conversation. As we, we were, you know, individually, we were getting ourselves prepared or somewhat prepared mm-hmm. for every moment that was coming up. Yeah. But I, you know, I think one of my biggest moments, and this is the reason why I wanted to, to have you on, because as much as we are, mm-hmm. you know, dur- during this season one, we're talking about, you know, what my experience felt like in Israel. But I really felt that one of the biggest experiences that I had was to be able to connect with someone like you. And to give the backstory, we yeah. were on the Sea of Galilee. 
Mm. And Israel Collective had yeah. to get on the boat. Man. And I remember that we're on the boat and, uh, you know, Pastor Sammy Lopez had all the guys kind of like, you know, we we had Alexander James do his thing with the spoken yeah. word at, yep. at the front of the bow, right? And, uh, yo, it was just an amazing afternoon as we're getting ready to have that amazing salmon that we had. Oh. And and I, I just remember the moment where we broke up into twos. And for those that don't know, Greg, you know, was the best bus buddy that I had, right? Shout out yeah, to you all. bus buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and I thought it was interesting because we didn't even, like, know-know each other. And I remember that the pastor had asked us to be able to pray for each other. And I will say this, you know, on air, that what you spoke to me in the moment, right? Because I didn't even share back, you know, what I, you know, because I just then, you know, we we did as we were told, right? Like, hey, just pray yeah. for each other, and then we're all going to pray as a whole as a group. So yeah. check, like, we 100. But yeah. I just remember that what you spoke over me in, in like— and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll share this only because I know sometimes I may have listeners that maybe don't know if they believe in God and I have a lot of right. listeners that do believe in God. But I will say this, man, what this man, you know, Greg spoke into my life, it was, and not knowing that I'm someone that does work, you know, a job outside of church, outside of a faith-based organization, and to be able to hear him say that God will use you in so many different ways that he needs you to be the light where there is darkness in certain parts of the world. And I was just like, yo, man, this guy's really talking to me right now that God is going to instill. And and I want to say this, man, you are the reason why I did start this podcast because on, of what you Praise spoke. God. So it was interesting because fast forward, I forgot what night it was. I know we were, we had just finished a visiting Jerusalem, yep. the city of Jerusalem and we were having like pizza and i remember larry was kind of somewhat close to you and then marvin was like mm -hmm. right there as well it was yeah, kind of like a yeah. corner area remember Woo! the restaurant yes dude. and and then i remember marvin asked me about my testimony mm. and i started sharing in depth and like mm. what i do and i just remember i looked out of the corner of my eye and mm. bro i just saw you breaking down weeping weeping bro, bro. Like, Man. like, I don't think people understand because the no. affirmation, because you yeah. didn't even know what no. I did. You know what I'm no. saying? Like, you didn't know my my career. You didn't know my family, no. my journey of life. And for yeah. what you spoke on a boat, to yeah. be able to then, you know, I, I I always believe that God has a plan in how he orchestrates, right, the music for in our lives. And to sure. sit down in Jerusalem, a man from Milwaukee, a dude from L.A., and for you to hear my story as a person that only affirmed what God told you to tell me, yo, that that was do your reaction like I I didn't know how to oh, react bro. when I it was crazy. I was crying, man, like because it's like, bro, it's just like right. We met probably what maybe seventy two hours prior. Yeah, but <clears throat> it was an instant brotherhood, you know. And that was one of the unique things about the trip as well. I mean, you got a lot of alpha, you got a lot of alpha front leaders. This wasn't one of those measuring up type of contest you know what i mean yeah. like we we all came from a place of humility from a place of unity as brotherhood like that was the beautiful thing about it but i never forget that i remember when i prayed for you bro i just felt the heaviness and i just always felt like i'm like i felt like you've been overlooked and i felt like you've been you've been misunderstood 
And I think what I said to you on the boat was like, bro, it's like you are spiritually ambidextrous, right? It's like you gifted with the right and the left hand. And so many times in ministry, it's, it's either or, but it's never both and. And I said, bro, God has given you an unconditional anointing. And it's not a matter of deciding, you know, because the grace on your life is that, you know, it is to be in both spaces. And it was almost like, bro, I just wanted to affirm like, hey, your way not may not be typical, but don't change it because that's what God wants. And I know that I know the the frustration of trying to make stuff make sense to people and all that other stuff. But but I just I don't know. I just felt you, bro. And it was just like, you know, I was just kind of when it says bear your brother's burden, I felt your heaviness and I felt your heart. And I was just like, no, nah, man, I just want to affirm to you the person God created. I was like, that's the gift, you know, because it is unique. And so, so yeah, I just remember that. And then, like you said, that night at dinner, I had no idea about all the details about any of that stuff. So I was just, all I could do was cry because I was thanking God that in that moment he utilized me, you know, just to be a conduit because he cares about us that much. You know what I mean? To, mm. to affirm that on the Sea of Galilee. And I was just so thankful, you know, I, but I think I was so happy for you, bro, because I remember seeing you tangibly heal right in front of our eyes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't yeah. I, I don't know how long you've been carrying, you know, some of that stuff that you were, you know, just processing through. But I remember seeing you release that. And all I could do was cry. And it was tears of joy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah. just tears so happy for you, bro. Yeah. 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 No, I never I, and and I think for me it was great because you know I I know for me it was, my prayer for you was just that God would just continue to use you to just continue to shine bright and I remember for me it was almost like an effect after the fact so mind you so that night we all had our own rooms and I just remember that night back in LA they were doing the Nipsey Hustle um they were doing his memorial like his service at the Staples Center. And I just remember one of the reverends talking about the marathon, the marathon, like, don't stop, you keep going. And in my mind, I was just like, yo, like, like, this is what Greg is talking about. Like, Greg is talking about the marathon and that, you know, it, it's going to be done well and, and that everything's all right. And I know that for me, like, I think a lot of times in life, people have, you know, they have so much burden that, they don't understand the power of community and other people and how other people can really be a unique way that can really one affirm and liberate someone from the thoughts that they have. Right. So I think for me, it was like, you, you really just spoke to me, uh, uh, something that was liberating for me that I was just kind of like, yo, I'm gonna be okay. You know what I'm saying? Like everything's going to be okay. Like, yeah. like there's a plan. I just got to trust the plan. And I, I'm grateful that you trusted the plan. I'm grateful that you've been experiencing and that you've been now in, you know, different uh, arenas to be able to share, um, you know, God's love and, and really to be able to serve others in a capacity that not a lot of people get. So I want to know. In listening to Greg and our conversation, one, it's very humbling to hear those words and I, I hope uh, 
our audience, our familia really understand this importance of, of discovery. It was once said by C. Stone that when you discover your mission, you will feel its demand and it will fill you with enthusiasm and a burning desire to get to work on it. And I think that's really the reflecting that I have in this conversation and really the discovery that I had in meeting Greg, which is why I always say, when we think about cultura, when we think about meeting new people, no matter where they're from, it's worth to be able to listen, especially when it's a divine intervention. In this new chapter, right, that you yeah. are going to be in Atlanta, what was it that really, for you, that you felt like this was new? Because this is a new chapter, right? I mean, and, and I think for me, I, I don't know, like, you were you born and raised in Milwaukee just to, like... No, I um, I was born and raised in Denver, Colorado, but Milwaukee was the genesis for ministry for me. You know, that's where I got my first youth pastoring job. You know, my wife and I were married there, so, I mean, that was really... It's, um, I mean, it was home, but it wasn't, you know, uh, my place of origin. So, um, so yeah, it was, but it's, I spent the most time in my life up until now. That's where all of my ministry took place. So nice. So Atlanta, right? Yeah. What, what led for you guys to start this new chapter? And I know that, you know, above, you know, overarching, holistically looking at it, we know that God is the one who orchestrates it, yeah. but what what was it from like like say from from the ground with the people like what connections what was it like yeah. you know this is a brand new chapter new city I have family in Atlanta uh, I've been there it's an amazing city shout out to the ATL yeah baby um, and I think for me I I just want to know and for listeners yeah. like, what, what was that journey how did you you know a, a, alongside trusting God how did you come to trust these people how did you meet them yeah all that good stuff. Yeah, man, that's a great question. And, you know, I was like, man, it's because you're my boy. I said, might as well just keep it all the way real. Um, <clears throat> this the, this pandemic, you know, when we first, you know, as a nation, we first got into it, bro. No, on this hit me so hard, bro. Everything in my life stopped, right? The NBA stopped. Church world was halted. You know, nobody was traveling and speaking. And so, I mean, after two weeks, you know, of being at home, bro, I just fell into a serious depression, you know, serious. And I was just like, what is going on? You know? Um, and then it was, it was like, I was in a moment where I felt like, you know what? Usually when you're, when you're depressed, you're like, okay, you need to do something to, to, to switch it, to help, you know, change your mood, better your mood. But I remember sitting in the, in the, in the just a dark place asking the Lord, like, I'm not asking you why this is happening. I just want to know why does this hurt? You know what I mean? Like, and it was in that moment simultaneously where I realized, okay, a lot of my identity is found in what I do instead of who he is. And so the moment what I do stops, I felt like I had no more significance. I felt like I have no more purpose. I felt like I had nothing else to offer this world. And so I was just there and I was alone with me. And I remember, <clears throat> you know, I'm also, you know, just kind of in the season where I was at my former church and things were changing. You know, we didn't know day by day, week to week. And I knew that, you know, kind of the capacity which I was serving, it wasn't a priority. You know, it was a great asset, but it just wasn't a priority. And so 
I knew that that season was even coming to an end. And so, bro, I, I just remember sitting there and just kind of navigating through it. But fast forward, I'm sorry, uh, rewind a little bit. Right before the pandemic, I think the Sunday when the majority of all churches shut down, I was actually scheduled here to preach in Atlanta. And, of course, because of COVID, we canceled it. So then as we're going through it, you know, uh, this pastor here, Mark Anthony at Trinity Church, you know, we're friends. And, you know, we're just talking about um, just life and some different things. And um, but what I do remember is so I had pre preached here once before and it was like in November of 2019. And I just remember it felt like home. You know what I mean? I can't describe it. I was just like, I, these are my people. We, we, I, I, you know, I felt like home. But then also, so it was like, it was, bro, it was the same freedom that the Lord gave you in Israel. He gave me, you know, Wow. it was like, Greg, we want you to be you. We want everything of who you are. And you know how it looks like when you're trying to fit into a box, bro. It's like you almost, mm. you lose you you lose your your confidence in what comes natural to you because you're constantly trying to adapt. Yeah, one hundred percent. It was like, no, Greg, we want you to be you. We want you to do you, and we want you to be unconventional. And so, long story short, he told me, "Hey, man, my next gen guy is leaving," and I'm like, "Oh man," um, you know. And I was like, "No, man, I don't think I want to want to do that," you know, because for me, bro, I'm a lot like you, and I know I'm unconventional. And I said, I don't want to get locked into another position. And, you know, I'm discouraged because I'm not happy. And then they're let down because it doesn't look like the typical, you know, what, what it, I guess, how everybody paints that picture to be. So long and short of it, man, I, I'm <clears throat> dealing with all this stuff, all this personal garbage and emotions. And, and so... I, they called me and they were like, hey, they offered me the role and I turned them down. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I'm good. No way. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm good. But then in my mind, the Lord like slowed me down. Uh, and it, it was everything from working with Marquette players to a lot of these guys in the NBA to, and then just to different people who God has brought in my wife and I's life to, to, to help foster spiritually. I was like, it is all in that age group, right? And yeah. then so I remember the Lord just, just challenging me. And I reached back out to the pastor. I said, hey, I, here's the deal. Can we just come and check it out? Because my wife has not been here. Now, my wife is like super analytical. You know, I'm usually the guy that's like, hey, let's take a risk. And so in my mind, I'm like, there's no way. But then she comes to me. And she's like, I already know. You know, the Lord told me they were going to reach out to you. I'm like, what? Wow. So we come and we visit. And we're leaving. And she says, I don't want to go home. So it was like, that's all I needed. But, bro, this has been the first place for me where I've gotten full permission to be myself. And, wow. you know, like I said, you, you get used to adapting so long yeah. that you kind of lose that sense of what comes natural to you. Yeah. And so, bro, it's just been healing, man. Like, you know, I've been crying. And because, again, it was just like, wow. Right, he's the El Roe, right? He's the God who sees, right? You know, you created me this way, you gave me these natural instincts, you know, my heart, God. And this is the first environment where they've just allowed me to foster that. 
And so it's just been healing. It's been home, you know, and a brother ain't got to deal with snow no more. Come on, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I know, oh that's, I know that's probably a lot, but, man, that's just kind of how it was, you know. Like I said, it was really coming out of a valley season. So, so yeah, bro. And a lot of times those valleys bring you to the peaks of the mountain, right? And I think oh, the – I think it was interesting that one, you turned them down the first time. And I think it's almost like mm-hmm. as you're climbing the mountain, you you tend to want to give up. But in this case, the connection of these people really felt that you had something to give them, right? Yeah. And to be able to give the community and beyond. So it, it's interesting that that process, I, I did not know that you declined them the first time to, to know that. And, and, and I think that, you know, to understand like depression's a real thing and i think real a lot thing. of people don't understand that it doesn't matter if you're an athlete a musician an artist a creative uh a professional you know an entrepreneur uh you know a leader a pastor you know husband wife you know mom dad yo it's real it hits and i think a lot of times especially in our communities oh my god of people of color like we don't know how to deal with like nah, depression and anxiety because, you know, it's one of those things like, oh, just walk it off or, you know, right, uh, right. listen to a good song, which, yeah, it, it might happen. But a lot yeah. of people don't realize that it's a real thing that we real just thing. don't. And it's new. It's still new. And just yeah. and and you put the pandemic on top of that and you yeah. put the civil unrest of, uh, oh, of racial inequality. Right. Oh, like it, That was man, the last like, straw for me, bro. You know, really? that's what broke me, you know, like, you know. I've always been bugged with the social unrest, but man, just the, when the George Floyd, when George, excuse me, George Floyd incident happened, that was the last straw, bro. Because I hurt. And then what people don't realize sometimes, bro, is when you're a person of color, especially when you minister cross culturally, it's, it's hard when not everybody gets that pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this ain't a current event for us. <laughs> you know what I mean? This ain't a news headline. This is personal. You know, like this is painful. And when you're doing ministry cross-culturally, it's always like, I've got to be the one to suck it up, you know, and uh, again, adjust and adapt. And I was just like, Lord, I can't do this no more. <laughs> you know, like, and, and, and so um, what was healing for me, bro, is again, my lead, my lead pastor here is white, but he is out of the box. You know? And he's the guy that has a Black Lives Matter Sunday here in Atlanta. He's the guy that was in, uh, marching and leading some of the protests for the Ahmad Arbery uh, incident. And so it was healing to me, to for me to for God to say, "Listen, you know, this is a kingdom issue." Um, and so even being at a place right now that empathizes, you know what I mean? Because I think sometimes people don't understand, like as people of color, as men of color it's a real pain it's a real burden we carry and we simultaneously have to still function at our jobs and move on with life and we don't always get to process that and so it turns into bitterness and it turns into resentment and it turns into you know sometimes violently protesting but what it is it's a real pain right i think yeah. so many times it's like you're encouraged when you like if we have students or whatever and they go to a conference and they see somebody that looks like them on stage, it changes a game changer. But it's like when you watch the news and you see somebody that looks like you who's being murdered, it strikes you in a different way, you know? And yeah. so 
like you said, to that point, bro, it was just all of that stuff. It was an accumulation of all of this, bro. And I just hit my point. I was like, I'm done. I tapped out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Well, I think I think the beauty of it is, one, thank you for, for sharing that journey. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's power and transparency of sharing your story uh, mm-hmm. to know that you're not the first nor the last. And for our listeners, you know, that need to seek that out and seek that opportunity of like how do i get out of this you know um there is professional help out there and we'll make sure to uh, drop that you know in our show notes later on but uh yo greg i know you got a plate full of different things and um i just want to say i appreciate you man i thank you that you know uh last year we met and we continue to still go on this journey together and you know and i'm super excited i know that we're planning to visit uh atl yes, hopefully sir. next year uh one of our nephews is graduating so bro believe me come on uh, we'll make sure to meet up man you got a home you know here bro. so and, and man i'm like thinking about waffle house for right now Let's as get it. Fact. Um, <laughs> but uh you know for those that you know want to follow you and want to you know kind of see your journey yeah. how can they get a hold of you uh yeah. for those of us those people that are listening from the atl get you know where where will you be now in your new chapter, the name of the church, uh, city, area, and then how can they get a hold of you and just be able to follow you? Yeah, absolutely, bro. Definitely Facebook, you know, Greg Washington. Um, and then Instagram, I think it's PGDUB1986. Uh, um, Trinity Church here. It's in the suburb of Atlanta, Sharpsburg, Georgia. And that's just uh, trychurch.org. And uh, yeah, man, definitely too. One thing I do as well is I'm the board president for Mental Health America, uh, Wisconsin. So I'll definitely drop you some links there because mental health, man, has been a part of my journey. And uh, I'd love to love to help anyone who, who's, who's open and needs it. Bro, I think we're going to have to do another show all about that in general. I think that's that's a that's a topic that we got to hit. But uh, Come on, man. Yeah, man, I, I really appreciate you, man. And uh, yeah, bro. Should, should be good, bro. Should be good, man. So, um, yeah, man, bro, I love you, bro. I'm proud of you, man. This is this is awesome. Seriously, like this is so awesome. Excited to be able to close this out with the song "Puente de Parte" from Gustavo Cerati who would have been 61 this past week. We know that uh, for those that do know or don't know, he passed away back in 2014, but this man was legendario. He was legendary in all that he did. He was willing to find the connection of connecting with others through storytelling and being a songwriter, composer, producer, Frontman of the famous rock and espanol band Soda Estéreo that filled the stands in the 80s, in the 90s, and even made a final, final tour in the last years of the band. So I just want to say that thank you to Greg Washington. I want to say thank you to each and every one of our listeners. Remember to subscribe. To listen, check us out on YouTube, all on Fuel Pasión Podcast. If you're into social media, check us out as well. But more importantly, remember to always make the connection and to be able to understand the power of relationships with other people, no matter their culture, their faith, their background. 
there's always something that we can learn from others. So we want to say thank you, muchas gracias, y saludos, a salute, al genio, Gustavo Cerati. Thank you so much for joining us on Fuel Passion Podcast.